Amen. Welcome. It's good to have you with us. My name is Pastor Tom, and I just want to encourage you, if you have any prayer requests, or if you are visiting with us today, uh, please fill out the little slip of paper in your bulletin, and we will follow up with you. Uh, and it's a great way to share prayer requests with us. Uh, you can also, uh, during the time of offering, later in the service, there will be a member or two of our prayer team back by those doors uh, that can pray with you for any needs you may have while you are here today. Uh, several things going on around here you ought to know about. Um, first of all, you can always log on to our website and our member portal and get updates on whatever events are coming up. And uh, that's always better than calling the pastor to say what time is the such and such meeting. Just saying. It's very easy. Um, well, really, it's always better than calling the pastor's wife to say what time is the such and such meeting. But anyway, I digress. Uh, our women are getting together. Um, details are on this yellow slip of paper for a... Uh, I don't know how you describe this, but it's like piped in via satellite or something like that. And so you gather here and you have that fellowship and you have some teaching from beyond our walls and just some good interaction, healthy day to get together with your friends and uh, fellowship and learn and grow. And so I encourage you to take advantage of that if you are available on that date. Youth group, planning meeting tonight. We will look at the rest of this semester and then the summer as well and try to nail down all those dates. That's for uh, the parents of youth in grades 6 through 12 and any of our high school youth who wish to come and have their input heard uh, at the planning meeting. Um, also, on the note of youth group, we have our youth group fundraiser coming up. Tickets will be going on sale, I think, a week from today. And our youth are going to be selling tickets. This is going to be a lot of fun. It is a fundraiser. We're trying to get your money, shamelessly get your money. That's the point of it, so we can go on our summer missions trip and be better funded for that. Um, and so uh, you got last year off from our, any fundraisers for youth groups, so this year we're doubling down. It's not going to be cheap, but you're going to come, and you're going to give, and you're going to participate, and you're going to like it. It's 30 per person to come, and there will be dinner served by our youth group, and then there will be swing dance lessons afterwards, and I'm just going to say it was more fun than I possibly could have imagined. We had a blast, and uh, we'll, we'll try to talk, is Joy Bell's back there, we'll try to talk Joy Bell into a uh, final exhibition at the end with the dance instructor. That was one of the most awesome things I've ever seen, so... She literally brought the house down. We'll worry about that later. All right. <clears throat> what else? Our care groups are meeting today. We're having a group lunch, and then we will break out at some point into care groups for uh, sharing and praying, and then you'll be done. So just basically, uh, everyone that we know of has a care group that they are in. Um, if you're new or you're visiting today, you are welcome to stay for lunch. We would love to have you. And then if you want to, you can go to one of our care groups. We'll have one of the care groups meeting in the, in the main family room where all the tables are. And you can just stay in there and hang out with them. Literally, you just share what's going on in your life that might be in need of prayer. And then you get prayed for. 
it's kind of crazy, but you know, stick around. It's good food. Um, Smitty and Allison are out there right now cooking chicken legs, so you can get a leg up on the new year. <clears throat> it sometimes it hurts to go to Hope. Um, other February events: uh, Super Bowl. That's a week from today, starting about four o'clock. I'll have the grill going. The way Super Bowl works is you just bring some stuff, whatever you want to eat, whatever you want to drink, just bring it. I'll have the grill going. Uh, you can throw whatever you want on the grill. I'll eat half of it, and then you can have the other half. That's the way it worked in, with the Levites, right? I think so. Anyway, um, it's biblical, trust me. Unless it's like tofu or something, then you can have it all. Anyway, that's coming up a week from today in the afternoon, evening, then February 10th is our chili cook-off, don't forget our youth fundraiser on the 17th, and then we will start another Discover Hope February 17th through March 3rd. Discover Hope is for those who are crazy enough to consider joining this group of people, and so you spend three weeks with us going over uh, what we believe, what you believe, and then you make a decision if you want to be part of this. So that's coming up. Uh, Bible studies, we have a James study on Monday nights and a James study on Sunday mornings at 9. You can be part of either of those. The one on Monday night, I should warn you, includes working out, like physically. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. But, um, and speaking of which, Lindsay, you have some snowballers among us today, is that correct? So how many, how many of you ran in the snowball 5K or farther? All right, can you stand up for us? <clears throat> Look at that. See, and coming in number one in her age category, my sister-in-law, Jan, who was actually at home sick, and somebody else, they logged their number wrong, and Jan shows up on the winner board having run an eight-minute mile, like three eight-minute miles. You go, girl. And I don't know how you didn't post that on Facebook. I think you, sh you should have. I mean, that's mandatory. A false win. It's the best kind. All right. Let's see. Yes, sir. Men's Bible study this Friday. Men's Bible study this Friday night right here. We will be holding a prayer vigil against the Patriots. No offense. You can come and pray against the Patriots Friday night right here. All right. Where, where's Sherry? I don't know. There she is. Hi, Sherry. Yeah, I can. I can. Fair enough. I just wanted to see it for myself. I could feel it. Yes. What is that? Oof. All right. Tell you what. That, comments like that can be deflating. Oh. All right. If I can have all the important people come to the front, if you are in fifth grade or younger, come down for our children's chat before you go to Hope for Kids. Seven. Hi, Ainsley. Theo, it's good to see you, buddy. Did you miss me? Yeah? Good. All right. Good answer, anyway. Okay. 
So do you remember who we talked about last week? His name was James, right? And James was whose brother? Jesus' brother. And we talked about it. How would you like to grow up with Jesus as your big brother? Would your parents always be going, why can't you be more like Jesus? Yes, they would. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would like that. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to have him in your house. But then, how do you live up to that? He'd get all the awards at school. He'd win all the races he was in. It would be terrible. Yeah, because he could just magically teleport himself to the finish line. I mean, it's not even fair. Right? Exactly. So Jesus' little brother, Jesus' little brother was named James, and James wrote a letter to some other Christians while he was still alive, and we have that letter. It's in the Bible, and it's, it's in the book of, well, James. Very good. Well done. All right? And so here's something that James says. Are you ready? If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God, who gives generously to all, and it will be given to him. All right? Um, what is wisdom? Something that God provides. Very good. All right? Um, if you're really good at math, does that make you wise? It makes you smart but not necessarily wise. What's the difference between a smart person and a wise person? Okay, smart people remember things. Wise people think through things. That's not bad. All right, where does wisdom come from, Ethan? You already said this one. Comes from God. How do you get wisdom? By what? By being holy? I'm not going to argue with that. Um, I'm going to suggest something, though. All right? So James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. And where do you think God has imparted his wisdom to his people? Where do you think God has revealed his wisdom to us? Through Jesus and through the Bible. Good job, Ainsley. All right. So God gave us his word. He gave us his son. His son actually is the living word of God who lives, is alive in our hearts by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we have wisdom through Jesus. Um, does that mean you'll be smart? Not necessarily. You might be. You probably are. I mean, I've hung out with most of you. You're pretty smart. I'll give you that, right? But what we want as followers of Jesus is not just to be smart, but to be wise, to have the understanding that only comes from God. And so we read his word. We pray. We, we serve his son. And as we do these things, we grow and we become wise, right? And, all right, 
Do you have any questions about wisdom? No. No. no questions? All right, let's say a prayer. All right. Dear God, we ask you for wisdom. Help us as we study your word to become wiser. Help us as we serve and follow your son to become wiser, to be people who understand your word, your love, and your will for our lives and how to show your love and your grace to the people around us. Help us to be wise in the way we live our lives, to follow your word and your will each and every day. And I pray your blessing over these precious children as they study more of your word and hope for kids. Uh, Give them a deeper sense of wisdom and understanding of your love for them through Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great time and hope for kids. Now I got to straighten all you people out. This is going to take a while. Not going to happen. Um, so, just recently, like the last couple of weeks, we've moved into a series of messages uh, where we will be working through the book of James in the New Testament. And we talked last week a little bit about how James was Jew- Jesus' brother. He grew up in a, in a Jewish family. And at the time he's writing this letter, probably, we don't know for certain the date that he wrote it. He didn't, he didn't put the heading on his paper. He got, take, he got deduction for that. But um, we think, by the way he addresses the, the audience of his letter, that this letter was written before the church spread outside of the Jewish community. We, we think it's that early. And so we'll just put it this way. It could be as early as the time before the Christian church got its message out beyond the scope of Judaism. And so James is primarily concerned with his Jewish Christian audience. What does it mean to move from Judaism into Christianity, into a new understanding of God's grace. And so, as, G- as James pens this letter, uh, we, we also see a very strong emphasis on the author's part in our spiritual fitness, in how we work out our faith. And so, the, the metaphor is sort of obvious, but we're looking at the book of James sort of like you would look at a, at a coach or a, a personal coach or an instructor in physical training or something like that. Um, probably not like a drill sergeant, but, you know, you get the idea. Um, and so we're taking the idea of CrossFit, pun intended, and uh, gym class. <laughs> See what we did there? See what we did? See, wait for it. Some of you will get it in a few minutes. It's all good. Um, and so that's the, that's the lens through which we're going to be approaching this book. And how shall I say this? Uh, one of the things that I was most impressed with in my study of the passage we're going to be picking up this week was how both how well versed James is in his Old Testament understanding and how well 
his writings synchronize with the other authors of the New Testament, and in particular, the teachings of his brother Jesus. James was paying attention, and you'll see some of those parallels as we look at other scriptures that relate back to what James is saying in chapter 1. Last week, we covered verses 1 through 4, and so this week, we're going to cover verses 5 through 11, but I'm going to start in verse 1, just so you have the context of the whole passage thus far, and then we will get started. Will you Pray with me as we prepare our hearts for God's word today. God, our loving Father, we pause before you now. We ask that as we open your word, you would open our hearts, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and lead us into a new and deeper understanding of your love for us through Jesus Christ. It is before you that we acknowledge we are not perfect. We are sinners and in need of your grace and forgiveness, and we thank you for that grace and forgiveness that you poured out for us on the cross through Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for the mercies that are ours in him, and we lift before you uh, the needs of our hearts uh, that we might be more free to encounter you here through your word today. We lift before you any relationships in our lives that are strained, and we pray for your peace and reconciliation where it is needed. We ask that you would be with those whom we know and love who are sick, and that you would pour out your healing mercies upon them. I lift up my sister-in-law, Madeline, as she begins um, radiation and chemo treatment tomorrow uh, for cancer. And I just pray your healing mercies over her and over all the others we know and love who are suffering from that particular ailment at this time. We just pray your healing mercies. And Lord, we lift up uh, your church here at Hope and around the world, we pray that you would let your light shine through the hearts of your people. We lift up our country and its leaders at every level of government elected and appointed, and we pray that you would give them wisdom and discernment in the decisions that are before them. And Lord, we lift up those who are uh, suffering as a result of the government shutdown, and we just pray that you would resolve that quickly and help those families get through this time. We lift up our men and women in uniform. We pray that you would watch over and protect them. We pray especially for those who are in harm's way and for their families. We ask that you would bring them home safely and be with their loved ones as they await their safe return. And Lord, we thank you again for the gift of being part of your church. And we pray your blessing over all those churches with whom we are associated and all the churches around the world who give glory to you through the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. May you bless and grow your church here and everywhere. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. So, we're going to start in the first chapter of James. I'm going to begin in verse 1, and we'll read through verse 11, and see if you don't... uh, hear the the inklings of one of your high school coaches uh, speaking to you through these through these words so here we go James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion greetings count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness Excuse me. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. The head coach of my high school football team, Coach Hooks, by the way, um, would start off every practice with, gentlemen, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Now run! And we'd go do sprints or whatever and you know, all these other crazy drills. And um, His point, obviously, was as we all get better, as we each get better, we all get better. Right? The stronger I get, the stronger the team around me can be. And, of course, I always wanted to go, hey, well, we should all just stop because Stacy over there is puking after the third sprint, and he's, we're, he's not getting any better. If we're only going to be as strong as our weakest link, we should all just quit now. I mean, can we take a break? I think I recommend this march be postponed until this platoon is better rested, right? Um, of course, it never worked that way. And... Part of the coach's job is to press you beyond what you think you are capable of, to get you into a, a sphere of capability that you would not have arrived at by yourself. And so we would all sort of throw ourselves into these workouts, into these exercises, and all with the hope that we would be better as a result, um, James here in this passage, we're looking again at verses 5 through 11, but I want to go back just quickly to verse 4. What is his concern that he articulates in verse 4 that he's now unpacking in verses 5 through 11? And if I'm reading it correctly, I think the, the concern that James has for us would be something like wholeness, that we become whole or complete or mature, and that is developing the various aspects of our spiritual fitness, that we become better uh, Christians maybe, that's the, not the right exact perfect way to say it, but we become better as God's family as we each improve in these different areas of our spiritual lives. And so I, I think what the kind of the overarching idea for this week is that Christ died to redeem us. We see that in verse 1 of James' letter. It's the first thing he talks about is Christ as, as Jesus as the Christ, the Lord of his life. And Jesus died to redeem us, and so we are to seek wholeness in him, through him. And so 
this movement toward wholeness as Christians, I see James breaking out three aspects of that endeavor before us in this passage. The first of those is that we should seek wisdom over knowledge. Not that knowledge is bad, but that wisdom is better. This distinction between being smart and intelligent, being wise and discerning. This idea that somehow God can impart to us through his word, through his spirit, something that, it, that is greater than what we can discern in this sphere of existence. And so, James tells us, if you want wisdom, go to the source. Um, I'm going to cross-reference over to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It's an interesting little parallel there. Let the word of God dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. In other words, if you want wisdom, open God's word. Let it into your heart. Um, mine wisdom from God's word and engage wisdom with God's people as we interact with each other on spiritual terms as we relate to each other and discuss God's word with each other, etc., we grow, we become wiser. And so James is essentially saying, if you want wisdom, go to his word, go to the source, to the, to the word of God, to the people of God, and ask your loving father, go to God himself. He is the ultimate source of wisdom. And when we go to God Jesus tells us James tells us other authors tell us ask and you will receive right so why not Eric just ask for a Maserati if God tells us he's going to give us what we ask him for why not ask for a Maserati Okay, um, yes, we might be asking for something that's not in our ultimate best interest. What we want to ask for is what is consistent with the heart of God, the will of God, the word of God. And so when we ask in Jesus' name, as scripture instructs us to ask, we ask under the umbrella of that which advances Christ's mission on earth. And so we are to seek in prayer to engage God for wisdom, for that which will actually edify and help his people, his kingdom, his presence on earth to expand. And we are to ask for that which nourishes God's people. I'm going to take you to John 15, 16. Interesting uh, teaching from James' brother about these very things, as Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. 
that we seek God for that which will bear fruit in the life of his church. So James first, the first link in James' chain of wholeness is seeking wisdom from God. The second link that James reveals in this passage is that we are to cultivate faith over fear. And while James doesn't specifically talk about fear, I, I have a, there's a couple of passages that directly relate doubt and fear. And then there's a couple things I want to say about doubt while we're here. But this idea that we're to cultivate faith over fear, to lean into God's love rather than to be motivated by fear of what may befall us. Um, it's in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, his love, his grace, his forgiveness, that we fully encounter the love of God. That is our strength. That is our, our place of rest, ultimately. And so, instead of being driven by fear and doubt, we are to lean into the love that God has set out for us through Jesus Christ. I'll take you to a letter by another one of the apostles. This is from the, the letter of 1 John in chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And there's that same word, perfected. It means completed. We talked about it last week. It was one of Christ's dying words. He said, it's complete. It's finished. The work of your salvation is over. You may rest in the fact that God's love covers all of your sins. And you were brought into his family for eternity. And so this is our strength we find strength in this love. We find security there that we belong to the God of the universe. No one, including you or me, can take that away from you. There is no thief capable of robbing God of anyone, of, of even one soul. And so you're secure. And there's... there's There's no room for the type of doubt that is motivated through fear. Let me just speak to doubt for a moment. It's okay to have doubts. I have doubts for crying out loud. Um, I, I, you know, Jesus said on the cross, among his other dying words, and I'm so glad he said them, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay? Um, the apostles, after they see the resurrected Christ, and I may have actually printed this verse for you. Um, yes, Matthew 28, 16 and 17. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. Of course they did. He's resurrected from the dead. What does it say right there? But some doubted. You're in good company. Right? Some of the original followers of Christ, having physically seen the resurrected Christ, were still like, that's impossible. That's not 
a thing. I don't believe it. Okay? You can have personal doubts, but what God wants for you is to operate from that position of strength and assurance and security that you are His. And so we, we take that step and we lead with our hearts. This is ultimately, I think, what God is after throughout his scriptures, our scriptures, his word. That he wants us, ultimately, to be driven by our hearts. And, and you might think, as I would think, that's a terrible idea, God. I don't think you understand my heart. It's not always in the right place. God says, I, I know that. What I want is to get your heart set in the right place and to see you begin to operate from that place of freedom and confidence and strength and faith that you can give off to the people around you that confidence of faith that is contagious. And so James has a rather strong uh, set of words for those of us who doubt. But I think he's, I think he's talking only of a doubt that, that is the doubt of insecurity. And he wants us to move toward the confidence that we have as being part of God's family through Christ. We're to lead from our hearts because fear breeds doubt. But faith builds trust. As we believe and as we progress through our journey with God, he shows up, he surprises, he reminds, he redeems, he reconciles, he heals, he does all the things that we, that we worried and doubted weren't going to happen. Maybe not in your timing, certainly not in mine, but he's, he's good and he's faithful and he demonstrates that to us over time and our trust builds. And so we have these first two links of wisdom and faith and we move to the third link in the chain that James describes in verses 9 through 11 that we are to desire humility over wealth. And here, really, James is echoing his brother's teaching quite clearly. Blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, and as we, as we look at this call to humility, there are other passages in Scripture that will sort of inform and, and shape how we talk about this and understand it. But I think one of the things that James is trying to get to is that we as human beings need to understand our limits. And, you know, it's one of those scenarios that when everything is going right, it's easy to think, man, I've got this. I'm nailing it. I'm just cruising. Aren't I awesome? You never thought that, did you? Fighter pilots are always humble. I think you're awesome, too. Um, so we, God wants us to understand our limits that you cannot figure out everything 
in this life. And that you and I are truly mortal. And here's one of those places where James just literally is quoting as he's writing, Scripture is so ingrained in his mind, it just flows right out. This is a quote from the Old Testament from one of the prophets, at least one of the prophets. Um, I clipped Isaiah 49.8 for you. Um, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands for, will stand forever. And this is exactly what James is evoking here, that humility begins with understanding we're mortal, we have limits, and here's the caveat I would give you to those limits. If, if you are or were like I was at one, part, at one point in my life, I felt like, you know, God, I've got like 75% of this. I just, but I need Jesus for that last 25%, right? That would be great. If you could just fill in that gap, Lord, I would really appreciate it, and then I can just get on with being me because me is great. Over time, we learn as Christians what a blasphemous lie that is that we say to ourselves. That we truly need 100% of his grace for any standing we have in his presence or anywhere else in this life. It's 100% him. And so we're to understand our limits and we're to know where true strength comes from. This is what James is pushing us toward by referencing Isaiah. That true strength comes from Christ's eternal word and it comes from having Christ's eternal life within us. That living word that is alive in our hearts that living grace that brought us into his eternal life, that is where true strength, true power, true faith, true confidence should come from. That we are shaped by what was done for us on that cross. That our hearts are lifted from our own sin, doubt, fear, and misery to the hope, joy, grace and love that are ours eternally in Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? God, our Father, we thank you for your word, for the ways in which you speak to us through your word and by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit in our hearts, that you would be growing each of us into the man or woman of God that you have called us to be. And that as you do that, we all become more whole and thus better reflective of the grace and love that you call us to shine forth into this world. And Lord, may you grow each of us in these ways that we together might be your church full of light and life and hope and joy that your peace and your truth might ring out through our hearts into the world around us. All of these things we pray in the precious and holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.